This is the time of year for lights. Christmas lights everywhere. Lights on houses, lights on trees. We talk about light at church. On Christmas Eve, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ by singing Silent Night at a candlelight service. This is the time of year for lights. And I don't want to brag, but I was the second person in my neighborhood to put up Christmas lights this year. No, hold your applause. Stop, stop, stop. It's okay. There's a good chance that those lights are going to stay up till February. And then I'll take them down for Valentine's Day as a gift for my wife. That holiday is already taken care of. See, that's how this works. But I love Christmas lights for a number of reasons. But I especially love Christmas lights because of the dark December days, especially in Washington State. It gets dark. And we need the light to remind us during these dark days. And it feels dark for a lot of people out there. For some folks, Christmas brings up painful family memories. Maybe the holidays weren't very fun in your house. For others, Christmas is an excruciating reminder of what you can't get for your family. My dad used to talk about what it was like to be a kid growing up and having a welfare Christmas after his dad left. Which is never a fun thing to hear on Christmas morning as a kid opening up your own presents. Thank you, Dad. Did make us grateful. But the reality is that many families are struggling financially. And buying presents for their kids isn't always a possibility. Maybe mom or dad are without work. I just met some folks this last week who recently lost their jobs right before the holidays. It is a hard time. And for some folks, they're going to spend this Christmas for the first time without that loved one. Or maybe it's the 15th Christmas without that loved one and it's still hard. And then there are those who just struggle because it's literally just darker outside. With the lack of sunlight, people experience higher rates of anxiety and depression during the winter months, which is why a lot of doctors prescribe light therapy. The darkness can take a toll on you. In the Bible, darkness isn't just a physical reality. Darkness is a symbol for ignorance, evil, and death. Psalm 82 says that those who don't have knowledge or understanding walk around in the darkness. Darkness is about confusion, blindness, and obscurity, ignorance. This is why the psalmist also says that God's word is a light for my path. Darkness also represents evil. Paul says in Ephesians 6 that our spiritual battle is against the Present darkness, the spiritual forces 
of evil. Evil is that which opposes the goodness of God. Evil seeks to destroy God's shalom. God wants peace. Evil brings division and war. God wants love. Evil brings hate, pride, and envy. Is not the law summarized as love of God and love of neighbor, but evil seeks to break up relationships, to isolate, to confuse, and to hurt people. The ways of evil are dark. Darkness also symbolizes death. Job describes death as a land of gloom and deep darkness. Death is the greatest darkness. And our text this morning comes from a world of darkness. Israel was under judgment. God wanted Israel to be the light in the world. But the people went astray. They committed acts of idolatry. They oppressed the poor. They neglected orphans and widows. They were supposed to show the world how God intended us to treat each other, how God intended us to live. Israel was supposed to be the light. But they chose darkness instead. And because of it, Isaiah 8 warns that they would be thrust into thick darkness. The darkness of war. Invasion as the Assyrians and the Babylonians would take over their country. Ultimately seeing their home destroyed, the temple demolished, and then watching the best and brightest of all of their kinfolk carried off into exile. They felt abandoned by God, forgotten by God. The people walked in darkness. But the prophet speaks of hope in the dark. For they have seen a great light. Verse 2, those who have lived in a land of deep darkness, the light has shined on them. Darkness does not last and it will not overcome the light. Friends, I've read this book a couple of times. And I can tell you right now, I don't want to give away the ending. But the light will beat the dark. God will win. God has won. The darkness will not overcome the light. The first thing that God says in the Bible, let there be light. God brings light. Where darkness represents ignorance, evil, and death, light represents the revelation of truth. The goodness of God. And life. Isaiah 9, a text that we often read during Advent, is also a hymn of thanksgiving, and it's actually designed to be read during dark times. It calls for shouts of joy and gratitude because the people of God know that the darkness will not last. The prophet says, The rod of the oppressor you have broken. And the boots tramping of the tramping warriors and the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. After a war in the ancient world, you would take all of the equipment from your enemy and you would burn it for fuel for the fire. But it was, it was actually a joyous time because the war was over. 
The time of oppression will end. The time of war will end. The light is coming, God says. And what is this light? Look at verse 6. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulders, and his name, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The child will be given for the people. And these four names attributed to this messianic figure, this human child to be born, are four qualities speaking to who this Messiah will be. Wonderfully wise, divinely powerful, eternally loving and protective, and the greatest champion of peace. The prophet predicts that this messianic figure will be a king from the line of David. As Isaiah 11 says, a shoot shall come forth from the stump of Jesse. Jesse is David's father. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on his shoulders. The prophet speaks of hope, a great light, a coming Messiah. And many people... Many Jews most likely thought that this messianic figure would come as a conquering king. But instead of overthrowing Rome with the sword and establishing Israel as a military superpower, what does Jesus do instead? He lays down his life for the forgiveness of sins. Not just for the salvation of Israel, but the salvation of the entire world. Jesus conquers the greatest darkness, death. And he spent his days teaching about the kingdom of God, serving others, healing people, showing us what it means to love neighbor, what it means to actually be human, to live as God had intended us to live. Jesus came to show us the light. And he is a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, born from the line of David, as Matthew, Luke, and Hebrew all attest. Jesus said, I, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. And as John 1.5 says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. On the cross, Jesus entered into the darkness and defeated it. He is the light of the world. Advent is a time of remembering the days before Jesus. Remembering when Israel was still waiting for a savior. And as we wait for Christmas, we remember that Advent is meant to teach us something about waiting. Waiting for the second coming of Christ to completely do away with all darkness for good. And we remember that in the Hebrew language, to wait is often the same word as hope. 
Advent is about waiting, expecting, and hoping for the light to come. And hope does not disappoint us. As Paul says in Romans 5, because our hope is rooted in the very promises of God. Yes, darkness has been defeated, but we still experience it. We still see it. There's plenty of darkness out there. And maybe you're in a season of life right now where it feels dark for you. But friends, the good news is we never wait alone in the dark. My daughter Nora has been getting up in the middle of the night, which is a lot of fun. I've heard me talk about this before. Before she used to come into our room and scare us. But now she just sits in her bed and starts crying loud enough for all of us to hear. Maybe the neighbors, I don't know. She wakes up in the middle of the night because she's scared of the dark. She's afraid of the shadows, as she says. And so Sarah and I, when we hear her cry, we'll come into her room and we'll lay next to her in her bed until she calms down. She calms down immediately. She's never afraid when we're there. The problem is she never wants us to leave. <laughs> which can be challenging at two in the morning. But at some point, we do leave. At some point, our loved ones leave. But I'm trying to teach my three-year-old daughter that even when I leave, even when it is dark, she's never alone because of Jesus, because of God. And every sunrise, we're reminded that the light will come again. It is the very promise of God. Psalm 23 famously says that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil because you are with me. Do you know in Hebrew that word, the shadow of death, is the exact same word from our text? Deep darkness, it's the same word. The people who were in a deep darkness, the light has shined on them. They were never alone in the first place. Because even though you walk through the darkest, deepest valley of the shadow of death, you are never alone. Christ will drive out the darkness in this world. But friends, in the meantime... He invites us, he calls us, he challenges us, he encourages us to be light. The problem is that the institutional church isn't always the brightest light. And church leadership isn't always the brightest light. But what if we were? 
What if we took that call to be light so seriously that we began in this church to be a bright, bright, piercing light in the city of Marysville? Jesus told his followers in Matthew chapter 5, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. No. When you light a lamp, you put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Jesus says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. The world is dark, friends, but Jesus is challenging us. Be the light. Step into the light. Experience the light and shine the light. And we do that through humility, faithfulness, love, and being a people of hope. Saul's heart was full of darkness and hate. He was traveling on his way to Damascus, breathing threats and murder against the Christians. He wanted to bind them up and bring them back to Jerusalem, both men and women. And while on the road, suddenly a light from heaven shone and flashed all around Saul, and he fell to his knees. And he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul answered, who are you, Lord? And the reply, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Paul later in Acts describes this light as a great light brighter than the sun. This light that changed his life from a, a heart full of murder and hate and rage against the Christians to a heart full of forgiveness and love and hope and peace. This light transformed the Apostle Paul's life. And he was filled with hope because he had seen and encountered the light, the risen Lord Jesus. Friends, each and every one of us has a choice. We know this world is dark. We don't have to talk at length about why it's dark out there. We all know. But what we need to do is make a choice to either stand in the light and to live as light and to be light wherever and whoever we encounter or to step back into the darkness. I can tell you right now, one is supremely better than the other. So friends, let the light of Christ shine on you this Advent season, look for opportunities to step into the light and let the light 
destroy the darkness in your life. Turn to Jesus Christ in moments of darkness. Look for opportunities to be people of light wherever you are. So that others may see your good deeds and praise your Father who is in heaven. Let us pray. Oh God, how grateful we are that in the midst of darkness, your light has shined. And just like Tom says, Lord, your light never, ever goes out. Remind us now, Lord, that if we're in the midst of a dark season, that you are truly with us in our midst. Remind us now, Lord, that as we look into our world and we see darkness, Father, that you are calling us to go forth and to be light. Teach us how to do that. Show us when. We thank you and we love you for the grace that you have bestowed upon us, God, that we are forgiven because of the gospel and the good news. And Lord, as we prepare to give as a a time of tithes and offerings, we ask that you would take these resources and use them for the glory of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.